JMV here with Brian Kahn from Floors to Your Home. Fans, if you're shopping for flooring of any kind, you need to check these guys out. You're going to have the most incredible, totally hassle-free shopping experience ever. JMV, we really appreciate you saying that. That's our goal every day, to offer our customers a quick, easy, and hassle-free experience at all of our Floors to Your Home locations. Fans, it works like this. You see the product you like. It's going to be cheaper than anywhere else. That's for sure. Then you can immediately take it home with you or have it installed. That's right. No hassle, no special order. Just see it, buy it, and take it home, or have it installed. Like three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof flooring starting at just 349 and they have everything in stock. I'm doing my whole house, and believe me, this is the best shopping experience you'll ever have. Three convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who gives the quickest, easiest, and most hassle-free buying experience? Floors to your home. That's who. Joining us now, the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, coming off a win last night in overtime over Northwestern in what really was, to me, the uh, game of the year in the Big Ten so far. Uh, Purdue head coach Matt Painter is with us. Hey, Matt, thank you for the time. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was fantastic watching that game last night, and, and here's why. Um, you you got to coach it up, and you probably don't view it the same way as fantastically as I do in a lot of these aspects. But I love the, the punch and counterpunch nature with two teams going to their strengths like that. I, I really thought that that was the Big Ten game of the year so far last night. Yeah, it was obviously from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, they're, they're such good shot makers. You know, they have a great playmaker in Boo Booey that – really is uh, magical in the way he can make, you know, tough plays, tough shots, step back threes. Uh, Ty Berry gets off to such a good start. So those guys scored 71 points. They're three guards against us the first time. And so uh, with Langborg getting 20 also with Ty Berry to go along with Boo Boo, he's 30. So like, you know, you know, going in, you can't let them get into that rhythm. And that's exactly what they got into. They got into an unbelievable rhythm. Um, really just a couple guys, right? But that's when you can carry the load. They had 13 threes from two players. So, like, when they get their head up like that and start making tough shots, uh, those threes, that, that's what you gotta, that's what you got to try to stop because that's what's going to get you at the end of the day. And uh, we're very fortunate. You know, we obviously just, you know, outscored them and got a break here and there. We're very fortunate. Boo-boo, he missed that floater in regulation because I think he makes that 75% of the time. So Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers, with us. So I was on my way home listening to uh, Rob and, and Bobby, and and Bobby had mentioned something about a a zone that was specifically designed. And he said zone, and my ears kind of perked up a little bit when I was listening at that time. But it was designed <laughs> <laughs> regarding uh, the defending in certain situations. Boo, booey. And I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more on what he was talking about last night, and and by design defensively, what you guys are trying to do. Yeah, it was just, you know, he would get into his ISOs up top, and it wasn't really a, um, a true zone. You know, you were going to go from man-to-man into a zone appearance, and then once he gets the ball out of his hands, you're going to match back to a man. A lot of teams in college basketball do something of that nature. So that's all we wanted to do. He's so good in those ISOs up top, We and they get almost into a low one four. Sometimes they get – with a two and a one side, but for the most part, like they're, they're just trying to kind of move people around to give him space 
so he could navigate and play one-on-one basketball right there, which he's great at. So we just tried to hold a guy in there, and um, it was, you know, they missed a shot. They made a couple. I don't know how many times it ended up happening. They had to go into it for us to do it. It wasn't like we called it zone no matter what they were doing. They had to go into the ISO basketball to clear out there up top. So that's all, all we were trying to do. But it's something that, you know, a lot of people in college basketball do. So what was it a true – would you call it a true zone? Because when he said zone, I went, what? Wait a minute. I, no, I got to get it, home. It appears as, it appears as well. Okay. All right. Well, you load up. You load up on it. You, you get four people high to where he's got nowhere to go. He gets the ball out of his hands. Then you go and grab a man. And then you, you don't want him to get it back then, right? Because that's the whole point. You're trying to get the ball out of his hands. We let him get it back once. We were fortunate enough. He missed a tough runner, but – um, yeah, that's so you want you're going from man to zone to man in the same possession. So take it how you want. But that's, that's, what, that's what we did. Now, you talk about that that final possession and the floater from from Bowie in, in regulation. Uh, is is that what you thought was that kind of the look you thought you were going to get from Northwestern? You knew he was going to have the ball, but did you think right. that's what he was looking for? Yeah, you know, you know, he's going to take what you get, what you give him. So you got to get into him because he's proven over time that he can dribble into a 25-footer and nail it in crucial times. Like Sometimes guys can make that play. They just don't make it when it counts. He makes it when it counts. That's what separates him from those lead guards like that that have those type of ball skills and have that type of game. But like you're, you're just trying to get into him, trying to get him out of rhythm, trying not to give him an angle. Um, he gets an angle, which good players, when they have speed and quickness, they're going to get, and then he gets to that, you know, that floater. I think he got in between a little bit, and um, I don't know if he thought he was going to get all the way there, not all the way there, but then he, then he took his, his shot there, and it was just off. We were, like I said earlier, we were very fortunate because he makes that a lot of times. So Matt Painter, who joins us up next to Wisconsin, I do want to get that uh, matchup for you coming up on Sunday. Get your thoughts on that. But you mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, guys, you know, Barry and then Bowie getting their head up, knocking down threes, and just overflowing with confidence. I mean, you could tell Bowie brings it anyway, but you could just tell these guys when they were shooting early right. on thought it was going in upon release. Does it work the same way? And I'm going to give you an example your guys at the free throw line did they get in to a, a man a couple of different moments where it kind of looked like that that's what they were expecting because their head looked down a couple of different times i know you're missing and you're upset about it but can that yeah. work both ways there's no question like it's whether you want to call it the morale of your team or the psychic of individuals like <clears throat> just like snowballing in the right direction or snowballing the other way like you got to understand when you allow people like Ty Berry and Boo Booey to get into that rhythm that you can actually play good defense after that, and they still might make some because they've gotten into that rhythm and they're a great shooter. So for the free throws on the reverse of it, like you're doing something positive, like you're, you know, you've gotten fouled, you're getting to the free throw line and now you're missing a front end, you're splitting two, you're missing both, whatever it might be. Now you think you're doing something wrong. And that's what, as a coach, you really got to, get with him. And that's all we were trying to do is be as positive as po- possible. But <clears throat> they just, you know, <laughs> we weren't <laughs> consistently making them. But what we were doing to get there were good things, right? And so you're getting into that double bonus. You're getting fouled, but you're missing them. And so, like, that was, um, you know, if you're making them, the game's over. <clears throat> like, you know, we take the game and we, we push it out. But, um, yeah, it, it's hard for each individual guy like Trey Kaufman ran like that's that's why I took him out. 
simply because, like, you know, he's one for five from the line. Zach, somebody who's missing his free throws also, he's about 50% in the game. And so, like, now if I got two guys in there and they keep getting fouled, like, now at some point, like, you got to back up off of that and try to lessen one of them. And then hopefully, you know, you, you start to make more and keep doing good things. But you're doing good things. The moral of the story is you're doing really good things, but you're not rewarding yourself. But don't go away from what you're doing. Keep doing that because sooner or later you're going you're gonna to get your dunks. You're going to get your wide-open threes. You're going to hopefully make your free throws as you go forward. Yeah, that's what we want. You know, We want those deep post-ups. We want the ball at the rim. We want open rhythm threes, and we want to get to the free throw line. That's where an- analytically you're going to be you know, putting yourself in an elite position. Yeah, it's funny, too, maybe just to me, but you guys were going – they were going offensively. I mean, hell, nearly 58%, 59% for the game and then to struggle like that from the free throw line sometimes there seems to be really no rhyme no reason to it it's really odd yeah well you know you've got to go back as each individual and look from a mechanical standpoint like what am i doing am i doing different things am i not consistent um am i off left right am i off short or deep or is it a concentration issue? Is it a mechanical issue? Um, and then, you know, you just you just work on things. It's like any other thing in basketball. Like, you try to fix it. You can't look at the back of it and be result-based and say, like, ah, uh, just you're missing free throws again. No, you, you get to the root of, of issues. Like, if you turn the ball over too much, like, what kind of turnovers are they? People are like, ah, you got to fix your turnovers. Like, well, like, what are what we got here? We got three seconds. We got double dribble. We got light ball turnovers. Uh, we got illegal screens. We got three seconds. Like what? what? What is it like? You know, figure it out because now when you just talk in theory and you just, you know, you kind of go on a result-based issue, you're not getting to the core of the problem. Get to the core of the problem, own it, and then you can fix it. You ever uh, have a team, coach a team that got to the free throw line as much as you guys did last night? No. No, but it's it's the way it is with him. Like, that's just the point of it. We had the number one free throw disparity. So when people make a big deal about it, like – you, uh, you know, you wave a flag like you don't understand basketball. Like, we had the number one free throw disparity last year in the country, okay, 35 games. So, like, now when you go and look at the free throw disparity that we get, like, in individual games and, like, what we've done this year, I haven't looked this year where we are nationally, but we got to be one of the top ten teams, all right? It's him. Like, if you go take a game that is go, – go grab any game, any game, not last night's, just go grab any game, and you watch it and you look at it, and then you say, okay, here's what he gets away with, and here's what they get away with. You'd be a surprised of the ledger, like how strong one is versus the other. So they can't call everything, but he gets fouled every play. If you go on the letter of the law, he gets fouled every single play almost. And so, like, like I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, and so, like, when you complain that, you know, look at the free throw disparity, you know, even basketball people that say it, like, it's like a coach. When a coach says, man, look at it, it's eight to two. Like, it's really one of the dumbest comments you can make because one team could foul eight times and the other guy could, the other team could foul two times, right? Like, it can't happen. It doesn't have to even up. But it's the old myth in, you know, in basketball, competitive basketball. Then all of a sudden you see the refs even it up. Why do they have to even it up if one team fouled eight times, one team fouled two? Like, maybe it is four to four. But, like, it makes no sense when you say that because when you go look at a game, you've got to go look at each individual play. It's like I watched the North Carolina Georgia Tech game at the end of the night. I don't know if you saw it, yeah. but there was a there was a the question on whether the the guard for North Carolina got fouled at the end, and someone says, "Do you think that's a foul?" And I said, 
I didn't watch the whole game to understand like what was being called and what wasn't. And they go, why does it matter? I said, oh, it matters. Like they, they got a set. Okay. How this, this game's going to go, but I'm a big believer is you don't mess with the shooter. So like, you know, you shoot the basketball, but who initiates contact versus, you know, who doesn't initiate contacts important too. Um, it was the theory 30, 40 years ago was like, you know, the refs don't decide a game and you don't make that call at the end. That's not the case. If you get fouled on a shot, it's a foul. That that should be called. But you got to be able to watch a whole game and watch each individual play to, like, understand, okay, what's being called, what's not being called. It should be the same every game, but it's not the same every game. So that's a big piece of things when things are being called I, or not being called. You and I have talked about this before, and I, I, I'm curious, are, are they better – at at whistling the big man game with Zach down low, where, where are they right now? For example, compared to you know, if we'd have had this conversation this time a year ago, they're better. They're better now than they were. Like that, there's no question about that. They're not letting those guys chuck him. When like when he dives to the basket after a free throw, like we had games last year where guys were just like like trying to just to crack him and hit him as hard as he could when he dove, and we'd have officials ignore it. And then you would talk about it with them, and they would kind of look at you like they didn't know what you're talking about. And they saw it, like, and they just let it go. These guys are getting that egregious call now. When you dive and they, they crack you and they get there, they still are going to put two hands in the back. They're still going to put their knee up their backside right there. Then try. So they try to get him because his jump hook from like four or five, six feet is pretty efficient. When he gets out a little bit too far and he's at like eight to ten feet, it's not as efficient. That's where you'll see him maybe over dribble a little bit because he's trying to get deeper as he can. But my question to them is always, are the rules the same for him as they are for everybody else? And the answer is always yes, right? They can't say you have separate rules. Then just call it the same way. And then he's so physically dominant that they can't. So they let certain things go and then they just you know, they just jump down into a rabbit hole. That's really dangerous because now they know, like, but they got to get the egregious stuff. They can't hit him on the arm. We had a couple plays at Rutgers to where he just gets smashed and they don't call anything. And it's like, you just got to get the ones that are really egregious. So Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. We talked about the, the field goal percentages, and this is something you'd brought up to me before. I think the last time we talked about, you know, Sometimes you can shoot well or or defend well if the other team is shooting well. What do you think about your team's defense, even though Northwestern shot at such a high clip last night? I, I thought they just, you know, really not in their action as much. I just thought they got away from us to get into rhythm on shots. And, like, especially Ty Berry. Like, you, we let Ty Berry get his head up. Now, he made a couple of more tough shots, but it was after he got in his rhythm. Like, right away, like, it didn't – think about the atmosphere and the environment. Like, it didn't phase those guys at all. At all. Like, those guys are, like, you know, that ball wasn't – you know, it was all net. Yeah. You know, those shots they were making. So, we just allowed them to get their heads up. I, our attention to detail has to be better before our guy catches the basketball. That's where our issue is. We, we got to do – our guards have to do a better job of just the, the details of being with people and getting people out of rhythm. Not to get a better contest, to be there so they don't get the shot up. Like a ball screen defense, we're still not staying into the basketball. And then we're, we're allowing ourselves to get clipped a little bit and get screened. And that's all those guys need. You know, and Zach, like, isn't a drop. And so, like, he's not always high up in there. 
and rightfully so, we were trying to get him up as the game progressed, get him up. But we didn't want that dive, and we didn't want – they're so good at their flip-ups to their big guy. And so – that was something that I think we, we, we have to do a better job of. You know, what's funny about watching that last night, Matt, was uh, Boo Booey, for example. He uh, stroked that three over Zach. And, you know, a lot of people would look at it as, oh, wow. And, and you saw the paint crew's reaction. It was like that Reggie Miller shot in the garden against the Knicks in the 90s where, you know, you could see all the hands on the faces because he was the one shooting it. And what occurred to me, and I think you may have alluded to it last night, was that just looked like a normal stroke over a dude the seven foot four that was putting oh, right. pressure on. And he he is, Boo Booey, is so tough as nails at making those shots look easy when that thing is clearly almost impossible and it really was amazing to see that moment yeah no question like he he's um i said in the the post-game interviews i said yeah, he's magical yeah. like when he gets his head up and he's making his runners his floaters getting to the his kind of his pivot game he's great in a pivot game and he just shot fakes shot fakes just waiting for you to do something foolish drawing fouls making hooks but when he's got it going and he can get that step back going and he just gets that ball in the air. So a 7-4 cut guy coming at him, you know, he's in that rhythm. And so, like, that, that is a really, really tough shot for everybody. But it's not tough for him. Yeah, good decision maker. He just kind of feels you out, it looks like, and then uh, makes yes, that Yes, the act- game has slowed down for him. Yeah. Like guys that get it figured out, that you know, the game has really, really slowed down for him. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, how about your guys? Have you seen here, let's just say, for example, with with Fletcher Lawyer, with Braden Smith, how much has the game slowed down for them when they're yeah. out there now? Well, I think it's really slowed down for Braden. Braden's in a different situation, you know, as our main yeah. decision maker coming off ball screens. Um, he was great in his progressions and his reads and finding guys and understanding what the defense was doing. You know, Fletch makes, you know, huge shots, made a huge shot last night. So, but I just thought our team was resilient. They stayed with it. Um, I thought we had reasons to fold um, and we did it. You know, Lance Jones made some, you know, key plays, obviously Zach getting 30 and 15, but um, I just thought it was a total team effort. I thought our bench did some really good things. Um, you know, Mason Gillis really stretches our defense. I felt bad for Trey Kaufman because he did some really good things for us. And, um, but he, did, he didn't reward himself. And, you know, I know it was frustrating for him and Zach there, but um, they'll work on it and they'll get it figured out and, and knock him down next time. So, but I, I just, I'm probably missing some guys here, but like our ability to make shots and then his presence and then playmaking out of ball screens from Braden, that's a really good balance. But I just thought our guys hung in there. And uh, you can't – when they make shots like that, man, you've got to move to the other end, and, and you can't hang your head. And we were doing a lot of different things. Like, you know, obviously we went to, you know, trying to slow Boo Booey down a little bit. Uh, we did a lot of offense, defense, subs. Like, we were, we were trying to do everything in our power to give us the best chance. How much responsibility is on the shoulders of Braden Smith game to game, especially in one like that, you know, on the opposite of a guy like Bowie, for example, who has been through it so many different times and obviously right. the game had slowed down so much for him? Yeah, I mean, it's you can call it responsibility, but you're just, you know, you're playing a game. He, he has a yeah. very natural instinct to make the right play. Um, sometimes he'll get in trouble when he has a predetermined thought. Um, but when he just takes how they – <clears throat> how they handle him and just take what they give him. Um, you know, there's nobody better in the country at that. Like he, he's got just a great feel for passing the basketball, whether he's going to, 
you know, last night they hedged, you know, higher. They, they tried to blitz a couple times, but they really were just coming into a flat, aggressive hedge or even getting out a little bit on it. So, you know, get out, getting outside that guy's shoulder, things will open up a little bit more. But when you get outside that shoulder <clears throat> and Zach's dive into the rim, like you got to take him on down there. And so now you don't, you know, there's a reason why heavyweights fight heavyweights in boxing. So now you've got a guard holding at the rim and here comes Zach. Like, what's he going to do? You know, so he's got to get in front of him to take away the direct pass. You saw late in the game, we slipped out of a couple of them, and Braden finds him for dunks. But now you take that away. That's why you see, you know, when he gets outside that shoulder, Braden just skips it to that outside guard on the other side. And now that guy's just sitting there shooting a wide-open shot. So they have a decision to make when they defend it that way. But they, they started the game at their place in a drop. And that's See, when you get into a drop, especially a deep drop, and you can screen the on-ball guy and get him off you, that's where Braden's going to get those pull-up threes. That's where you see Braden get more pull-up threes like against Arizona. That's where you see a lot more that he got in the non-conference because a lot of people were playing drop. Well, if you can't make that pull-up, they don't care if you shoot that. Well, Braden just consistently knocked that down. So more people are getting aggressive with him. So now sometimes he's got to be able to play and know that he's going to get that hockey assist. And so, and not try to directly always get assists. So then now, if he can't get that, and he can't get that skip pass, well, then the guy coming behind, he's the one that's open. So now when you throw it back, now you got Zebo on the high-low, you got that jump. That's why you see Mason Gillis open on top and just getting those wide-open ones is because they were switching, like, who they were guarding with. They would take the dive, and then Mason would be open. Then they would cover Mason as the guy coming behind, and then they would pull from the opposite corner and hold that guy there, and then Braden would fight him. So that's his progression right there in a nutshell. Like, do, can I get to my pull-up? Probably not here because they're hedging high. Can I get by a shoulder and get to the rim? Uh, they were pretty aggressive. You're not going to you know, get to that too much the way they were defended. But if I can get outside of his shoulder, I got the opposite guy, and I got Zebo diving. And then if I can't, and I know I can't, I got to get the ball out of my hands early because now we got them in a rotation. Now the guy coming behind, which is Mason a lot of times, has got that. You got your high-low. You got your reversal. If you can pay attention to all that stuff. I appreciate it, but <laughs> <laughs> if you think basketball and you're a basketball person or a coach, that's easy to see. But if you're just listening, you're probably like, "What in the hell is he talking?" I, about? I yeah, well, I love basketball, but honestly, I probably would need a bit of a helper right there, a little bit. <laughs> I, I think you may have lost me after the first or second cut, but no, there you go. No, I um seriously, I, when you go back to that Northwestern that that first matchup in Evanston, uh, which was the win for Northwestern, how much different or or maybe even so much how much the same did they approach this game last night in West Lafayette they they started off in a drop against there and then we had a lot of success with it we got up into a lead and then they went away from it so they had more even though we scored I think close to 90 points um they had more success doing what they did last night so we felt like that what they were going to do last night that's what we were prepared for and so like they go into a lot of offensive floppy action which is just a double pin and they get a lot of stuff off their curl action so we wanted to try to eliminate that curl action and they didn't get much of that at all in the game but they what they got was just when they just played offensively they got more they got they got probably a handful of things off a wide pin which we needed to do a better job of defending um, probably needed to get on top sometimes it's hard to get on top because it goes pretty quick for them 
and we just we, we got into a bind there, and they scored off of that a handful of times. The other stuff, like, well, we did a pretty good job there, but when they just played and broke us down, whether that was ball screens or just running their motion or whatever, that's where they got away from us. Like our, That's the reason I talked earlier about yep. our attention to detail just has to be better before our man catches the ball. So Matt Painter with us. Before I let you go, I know they have a game at Nebraska tonight, but you get that matchup on the road in Madison against Wisconsin coming up on Sunday. Uh, a couple of thoughts regarding that game and uh, the type of Wisconsin team that uh, you guys are going to see on Sunday. Yeah, they've been great, man. They The, the pieces that they've added, you know, with Storm, and, uh, Blackwell coming off the bench, and um, they have a dangerous bench. Connor Asesian can really shoot. Um, the winner kid, the young kid's not getting a lot of time, but he does good things when he's in there. The short amount of time that he's in there, um, I'm probably missing a guy or two. I like their their starting fives, fabulous, right? They have experience. Um, their fives experience, their fours experience, their point guard Chucky Hepburn's experience, Klesman's their two. Once again, ex, you know, experience. They bring Store in from St. John's as a sophomore, and he's exactly what they need. You know, they need a guy that can go get him a basket, a guy that's a shot maker, just a good player. But Klesman's been fabulous in Big Ten play. He does a good job of defending people. Um, you know, Chucky is a tough dude. He's got great hands. He gets steals. You know. Um, Stephen Crawl and, and Wall has been, you know, they've been in the Big Ten longer than Boo Booey, you know, and so <laughs> yeah. like these guys, like they're just experienced. They're like NBA vets. So when you get like a guy like Boo Booey, like I say, the game slows down. Like, yeah, he's got that experience, man. He's got that toughness. He understands what's going on. Well, Wisconsin's got those type of guys too, you know, and like that's what you got to be prepared for when you face teams like this. Is like everybody's good. Like, hey, if you stop him, you'll win. Like, if you stop one guy off Wisconsin, it could mean nothing in the game. It could mean nothing because they got four other guys out there on the court that can burn you also. So they got one of those teams where anybody can have that night to beat you. And so, like, that's what it's going to take for us is, like, good team defense, rebounding, taking care of the basketball. Collectively, we have to be better than them. Um, and that's why you need everybody on board. That's why you need everybody defending and, you know, just trying to steal possessions, you know, taking care of that basketball and uh, not letting them have second-chance opportunities. Matt Painter joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, you said a little bit earlier, uh, don't make yourself look stupid when you say stuff, and I'm going to make myself look stupid right now. This is how I view Wisconsin, at least this year. They do the same stuff they normally do, but to me they look more athletic. Is there any truth to that? From what you've seen, uh, yeah, they're more athletic, but they're they're better uh, in terms of they have more people that are shot makers. Okay, so I think that's where, and, and you see Chucky Hepburn um, not being as aggressive offensively, but he can be. So if they need him to score, he'll score. But he hasn't as much because you know you got two guys coming off the bench that can really shoot the basketball. you got your two, three that can really shoot the basketball that start. So he's got a lot of shot makers. Tyler Wall has always been a playmaker. He's been a guy that could drive the basketball, post the basketball, just do whatever it takes. Like, he just does a lot for his team. You know, and Crawl's a guy that can score at the rim and he can make an open three. And so, like, you have that balance as a five-man to where, like, okay, if, like, you can handle him down there, but can you handle him out on the perimeter and vice versa? So they just have a lot of weapons. And so I, I would think, like, 
you know, they still have the same foundation, the same pillars of what they do defensively and what they do offensively. You know, they're a ball control team. They play with more, a little bit more possessions this year because they can get you in transition, especially at home. you got to be careful, all right, because they will still push that basketball and try to steal some points in that area. But then they're just, you know, they're an efficient offensive team. They're one of the best offensive teams in our league. And I think that's an important piece for us is that you just got to make things difficult. Like if they're going to get some open shots and they're going to get to the free throw line, you're probably in trouble. Like you can't allow them to get into those rhythm. But we've gotten into games, whether it was last night's game or Alabama game, um, there's probably a couple others in there where we just simply outscore people. And then I told our guys about the loss in Nebraska. I just said, like, guys, there's no difference in this game than there is and then the Alabama game is you couldn't stop Alabama and you couldn't stop Nebraska, but you outscored Alabama. We didn't outscore Nebraska today. Like we couldn't stop Northwestern, but the thing was they couldn't stop us either. So I said in the post game, I just said like, I don't think either team's going to, you know, get compared to the 85 bears. <laughs> um, and, and so like from a defensive standpoint, there's going to be games. The ball doesn't go in. There's going to be games that you don't make your free throws. Like when you're in those situations and you don't score as much, can you grind it out and win? And so even though the Rutgers game was, you know, a little bit of an ugly game for us, it still was a good thing because we found a way to win. And then like you play Northwestern and then like in a different sense, right? Because it's a high scoring game. We found a way to win, which, you know, that's, that's kind of part of it. Like you get at the end of the Northwestern game, I can go show you a couple plays at Northwestern that win against us. We had a couple calls that just flat went against us. It's part of it. They had a couple calls at the end of our game that went against them. And like that's that it stinks. You know, that's why you see him get upset or whatever, because that's hard when you're competitive, man. And they played they played a winning basketball game last night. So that that's really hard. And but the fact is you had two teams playing a winning basketball game and that's just kind of the breaks of things. We didn't get the breaks down the stretch there. I don't think there at the end they felt like they didn't get the breaks and that's you know, that's that's frustrating. It's it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to take at times. By the way, in closing here, no doubt that when I was in Greene County going through school, I know that they put the sectional teams in a hat. I know that they did. <laughs> <laughs> they put them in a hat and then somebody picked them out and we never ever ever got a buy ever ever there you go so yeah it's, hey, it's one of the most foolish things <laughs> and you won't find you won't find anybody that's a bigger proponent of indiana high school basketball than me it is foolish what they do yeah think if you did the, think if you did the nfl playoffs and yeah. you go like whatever you lose two or three games you're the best team yep. and say hey you got to play the second best team in the first round well we don't get a bye no nope, sure don't yeah. it's ridiculous like it's just like and a lot of people will say well this is the way we've done it or whatever see i've worked at a handful of different schools and like you get to those schools and something will happen i'll be like well why do you guys do that and they'll be like well, this is the way we've always done it you know what that's not a good enough answer <laughs> Why don't we, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, we do it this way because it's the best thing for our student athletes. We do it this way because it's the best thing for our institution. Those are the answers that you want, right? Because that's, you, you want that for your student athletes. You want that for your school. You want that for your conference, whatever it might be. So the fact that they draw names out of a hat for a sectional, like, isn't, isn't a good deal because the people making those decisions, like, they didn't work for the past three, four years 
to put their team in that position. So now you put your team in the best position because you're the best team, and now you go into the worst scenario in the sectional because of draw of a hat? That's, that's foolish. That, that's, that, that needs to be changed. Like, just change it. I don't, that, that's not history. <laughs> yeah. You know, history is great players and great teams and great coaches. And, you know, that, that's the history of things. Like, that's, that isn't history. This is the way we've done it. It's never been broken. But no, 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 no. They need to save all that. Because, like, like Braden not making that thing was like, like, they just didn't think. They got people in the room that's not really, really looking at things in terms of individual stats and team stats. They just didn't. Yeah. Like, we played at uh, Alabama, and they had a guard named Mark Sears. I don't know if he's a point guard. He's a two. He's a basketball player. He's not on either one of them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I, you put him where you want. He, he deserves to be on it. He's fabulous. Then we have a, a guard in our league, Jameer Young. I mean, yep. he's a top five or six point guard in the country. And so is Braden. It's just like, look what this guy has done. He's got – Jameer Young's at the second or third most points right now in the, in, in the NCAA. I mean, he's got like 2,300 points or something crazy. Like, But he's made big shot after big shot. He's a winner. He's a good player, a really good player. And he's not on it. So, like, when things like that happen and there's just no, no logic, sometimes you got to split hairs. And you're like, okay, they're not on there. But, look, like, who are you taking off? I can tell you you're taking off real quick. I'm not going to do it because it's not their fault. <laughs> but I can tell you real quick, yeah. long as it's not public consumption. Sure. I mean, but, but if you go look at the stats, if you go take them and you look at the stats, like they did a graphic for Braden and like they showed like all these categories where he's better than eight of them, he's better than nine of them. When wins, he's better than ten of them. He's better than seven of them. He's better than six of them. He's better than four of them here. He's better than five. So like it just shows like, you know, from an individual standpoint, there's no doubt he should be on there. But then when you throw the team piece of it in, don't you think winning's important? Like, and so, but when you look at those other guys and some of the stuff, like, I just don't think either they don't have the right people in the room or they're just not putting any time into it. I, I, I'm not quite sure. Ah, man. And then you got somebody like me who uh, stops the tape right in the middle of it. So, right in the, middle, the outtakes. Stay with it, man. Yes. Stay the, with it. I'm trying. I'm only 54 years old. You can't right. expect Kenny me to handle out. myself Kenny any better than that. There you go. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate it. Uh, good win last night, no doubt about that. Best of luck in Wisconsin coming up on Sunday, and we'll do it again very soon, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. It's uh, Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline.